Hello, and welcome to Double Take with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. Today, we'll be talking about the finale of season two of Abbott Elementary and episode seven of the third season of Ted Lasso. But before we jump into that, how are you, Jenny? I'm stressed, but good. No, that's unfortunate. Anything Um, you need to unpack? No, just came, I say came, I sat at the exact same desk, but from directly from work, which involves just Mm. closing a bunch of tabs that were work related and then opening a bunch of tabs frantically that were double take related. Um, Yeah, that's it. the work from home curse, I think. I think that's the worst thing about work from home is like there's no actual separation. Although obviously yeah. the good part is that you can even do this at all because if you were commuting, <laughs> you probably chance. wouldn't have time. <laughs> but just that, like there used to be separation of church and church state. And state yeah. <laughs> I um sometimes I will go for a walk. I feel like I'm I'm taken back to the beginning of the pandemic, but to be like, oh, I like quote unquote walk to work to create this brain separation of time of I got out of bed and then I went outside for a second and now I'm working. Um, and sometimes I still do that, but just, I feel like I have too much to do. Might as well just sit at my desk all day and do things back to back. Anyway, that I wasn't, that, idea. <laughs> that wasn't that cheery. Uh, I'm not stressed anymore cause I'm excited to talk about TV and that will be fun and not stressful. How Yay. are you doing? <laughs> my ultimate goal. I'm good. I've watched some TV today and I went for a five mile run which felt mm. good and didn't hurt me, which is always very hit or miss when it comes to getting out for a run. So good. Let's see. What have I been watching real quick that we aren't going to talk about today? I've been watching. Are you caught up with Succession yet? No. Oh, my gosh. I'm so close. <laughs> we are halfway through the last episode of season three. So we're Ooh. almost caught up. Okay. Or wait, season four. Well, yeah, yeah, this is season four. But then I was like, shoot, we're not because there's like four episodes already out. Yeah. I hope it's not more than that. I started, uh, I think I'm only, I think I'm two or three episodes in for the new season. So I've officially started. I'm a little, a little behind, but I'm getting there. Okay. Well, by the time I catch up, you will probably be caught up. And then maybe it'll be like the last episode of the season. <laughs> maybe we, we can, can talk make it about for, the finale. For the finale. <laughs> I'm really doing my best. It's just the episodes are so long and I don't have that much time at night. Like, and I'm watching it with Matt, who really slows me down. Although I can't really blame him because I have so many other TV shows to watch that it's sort of nice that this is my nighttime show specifically because I watch a lot of other stuff that he doesn't watch with me during the day. But it's just been very slow going, which is sort of, it's not really. Maybe people will disagree with me. I don't really think this is the kind of show you should binge. I think this is a watch one per week sort of show. And I'm a little bummed that I've been binging it. I've done it both ways. It depends on what. I think the first time I ever got really into succession, I was packing for something and started. It was like a rainy weekend. And I watched like four episodes in a row. And that worked. But I think mainly because the vibes were like dark, kind of stormy. Uh, <laughs> and I was doing mindless tasks in the background and like that was okay but yeah I do the the more it goes on the more you like you want to pick up on the little details and it's more of a yeah it's more of a sit down and watch show I can agree with that that's the thing is like I'm not I'm not not watching it like I am doing my best to avoid distractions and I don't think it's the kind of show that's so dark that I can't binge it it's not that my mental state is 
deteriorating too rapidly or anything. It's just that I feel like I'm appreciating it less if I sit down and watch mm-hmm. three episodes than if I had one to be really excited for and then one to walk away from and be like, oh my gosh, all of those things happened. Like we could totally be doing an episode by episode breakdown of every single episode in all three of these seasons. And instead I'm just smashing through them. It just feels very wrong. But I'm almost I'm almost there. All right, Godspeed. Anything else? Sorry, I cut in to ask you about succession. No, that's fine because I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> I started watching the first episode of Drops of God, which Ooh. I haven't reviewed because obviously only one episode in on Apple TV. It's kind of cool so far though. So stay tuned for future thoughts on that. Right, but okay. otherwise, no. Do you want to jump into – I want to start with Abbott. Yeah, let's start with Abbott. I have that first on my notes anyway. So same wavelength. Sweet. I don't have notes, so you'll lead. I will respond. All right, I'll lead. The cold open. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going chronologically here because that's how I took notes. The cold open with Mr. Johnson. Um, he is quite obviously the creed of this. The yes of the creed. <laughs> he's the creed of Abbott, and um, like less scary though. A little. He's definitely out there. He's just as out there. Um, But yeah, I thought I I was, that was my only note. Just the creative Abbott. I'm sure it's been said before. Uh, I haven't heard it before. Oh, great. Well, new take. And uh, you heard it here first. Overnight Franklin Institute. So the setup, we're just quickly going. This finale episode sees all of the Abbott teachers and their students going for a sleepover at the Franklin Institute, which is a science museum in Philadelphia, which Jess and I know very well. Have you ever stayed overnight at the Franklin Institute? I haven't stayed overnight at the Franklin Institute, but I did do a sleepover at the Philadelphia Zoo, which similar concept, like they brought a bunch of kids and there was like a special room and there were like, you know, volunteers that stayed later. So I, yes, this episode felt like a nice Nostalgia. little, yeah, a nice little trip back in memory lane. I have stayed overnight in the Franklin Institute. Oh, you I think did? I did? Yes. Very deleted, <laughs> man. Not with my school, with brownies, which is like a precursor oh, to Girl Scouts. No, mine was also brownies, my <laughs> Philadelphia Zoo trip. Wow, <laughs> go get them brownies. Brenda was just like in brownies and did this, and that's where she came up with this idea because I love that, if so. It's possible. I also do. I bet school schools that are in the city rather than outside the city like ours were would probably do this more readily like have schools go to I wonder if it's like a and maybe this was just because it was 2003 but I wondered if it was well brownies was like all girls like I wondered if there was like something weird about like taking a bunch of kids of both maybe not in 2023 but I feel like in 2003 (laughs) that was probably like a weird concept maybe maybe yeah I do remember so my memory of this is um I had a stomach bug all night so it was like a terrible experience for me I was just throwing up um so it was nice to relive it in a way that wasn't that (laughs) Uh, this is so funny I love that we both have memories of this because I also was literally watching it being like oh yeah the part of the night where you realize nobody's asleep and everyone's pretending to be asleep and (laughs) like yeah that's totally true it's such a giddy experience to go to just like do an overnight trip with people that you don't normally big sleepover miserable no, I think I was literally miserable. I, I, I remember mean, being up in the middle of the night being like, I just want to sleep. Why can't I sleep? As I'm sure. like on a hard piece of ground on like a tiny sleeping bag with hundreds of children around me. 
clearly the act itself of trying to sleep overnight in a thing is bad. Like, I mean, I, like I said, hurling my guts out, but the like anticipation of getting ready to go, like, I don't know when it, when Quinta, well, that's not her name. When Janine and Gregory get paired as partnered, I was like, Ooh, like, I bet they're excited. You know, they're just in like a new situation with one another. Anyway, that kind of excitement is what I'm talking about. So I feel like kids probably would be, I don't know, just like a little oh, giddy yeah. about. I'm sure the kids are hyped. On the note of Gregory and Janine, I thought the line, I want to know why you like stuff, was incredibly romantic in like an understated kind of way. I just I like that, that a lot. sums up them really well. Like yeah. I get butterflies watching them. And it's, it's so a combo cute. of the acting and the writing and the characters and everything. But like watching them – and I'm jumping ahead now, I guess, but like have these moments, I'll just, I'll stay general. Watching them have these moments is making me like, I don't know, remember what it was like to like tell your crush you liked them and have them like you back. That's literally never happened to me before. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know what Uh, I mean. Memories. (laughs) I mean, in in some sort of sense, I guess that happens. In the books but we you read. Know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, at least I literally have a boyfriend. I don't, but you know what I mean. I yeah. Matt's never just, said he likes you. <laughs> he's he's actually never told me. Seven years later, I just get like butterflies watching them, and I so appreciate that because I feel like in other shows I might see the chemistry between two characters, but the way like the way their relationship develops doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make me feel the way this feels. I just, and, and probably people are mad about this episode, but I, anyway, now I'm really jumping ahead, but I, I loved every bit of it. Anyway, sorry. We can come back I did to too. your notes. <laughs> no, it felt, it felt realistic in all the right ways. And like a little bit unrealistic in all the right ways. Like it's a TV show. You've got to, they're, they're furthering the plot without giving too much away. Um, and I, yeah, I agree. I feel I mean, like the say, way we can say what happens, just to be clear, like this is a spoilers. This is, this this is, is a spoiler spoilers. <laughs> so they admit their feelings for one another, and they decide not to do anything about it. I did, I did write down Janine's reasoning doesn't make sense to me, but that's okay because in these types of situations, I feel like people generally don't make sense. Like inside your head, you're going through all of these weird decision making trees. If you're anything like me, <laughs> um, and no. I feel like. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just a big tree, please. It's so Jenny. I can't. Do you remember the last like relationship debacle I was in and you ha- kept having to remind me that I couldn't find emotional solutions? No, I couldn't find rational solutions to emotional problems. I mean, I don't remember the specifics of that, but I <laughs> that does sound like a conversation we've had for sure. I just kept coming. I was like, here's what I should do and here's what I should say. And that would result in this. And you were like, yeah, but people don't <laughs> always respond that anyway. I could imagine her having those thoughts. I was relating to that. But her whole like, I want to be selfish for a little bit. And that's why I don't think I should date you. Does it make sense with the other point that she makes, which is, I don't want to ruin our friendship. Because if you were really being selfish, you would care less about ruining the friendship. It just, she didn't tie the right things together in her argument, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I I also was like, I can't think too much about this because it's not logical. But like you said, it's not, my conclusion was that it's not logical at all. She is afraid 
And that's purely what it is. Like she's afraid of what happens if they try because what if it doesn't work out? And that is, real. is what – Yeah, and that comes up in books and movies and TV shows all the time in this sort of situation. And normally they say that. And I think the fact that she didn't and then she sort of couched it in this other excuse is way more realistic than being of the presence of mind and honesty to be like, I'm afraid this will ruin our friendship and therefore I can't do it. Like it's one thing to say I like I value our friendship, but I think the way they did it by saying I value our friendship and like I need to focus on me just felt – it felt very authentic like you said. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I – the way they ended the episode too, which was them being like on good terms and it was sort of an upbeat edition of them all going out together with um gangly guy whose name I can't remember for some reason, was so nice. Jacob. I was like, I, Jacob, thank you. <laughs> oh, my next note is also Jacob and Gregory's talks are growing on me. It's, They're little it's themes sometimes together. just hard in the moment. Oh, yeah. but yes, I agree. I think Jacob had probably the weakest season two in terms of like the writers knowing what to do with him there were a lot of times where I was like "Mm, he's not he's he's given very little and hopefully that changes in the next season I think they sort of like planted the seeds for him to have more involvement in various places but but yeah he had a couple of moments in this episode that I liked definitely the go between between Janine and Gregory is a nice like a little whisper down the lane influencing Gregory Janine how he feels it was so cute yes yeah and the uh, the bro hug into the real hug I don't know all the like mushy gushy things in this episode felt well timed and I appreciated them going back to the Franklin Institute I have a few more things to say about that which is the volunteer the fact that she starts talking about high-speed rail for like five minutes uh I thought was funny and yeah agreed we should have a high-speed rail put money into high-speed rail I want to know if the writers were like, hey, let's push this agenda really <laughs> quietly. Uh, I'm all for it, just so they know. Also, the heart. The Franklin Institute heart was another thing that I wrote a note on. It's iconic. For those of you who did Truly. not grow up around the Philadelphia area, if you ever make a trip to Philadelphia, you should go to the Franklin Institute because it's fun. But also, their heart that you can walk in and makes like pumping sounds so it's kind of dated now, Jenny. Like, your is your memory of it from two thousand four? Because I, I think mean, that probably. needs to go. <laughs> you, you think they should Just, remove the heart? I think they need to update it. We were there mm-hmm. into twenty years ago. Yes, but having them have their heart to heart next to the heart. Yes, it was heavy handed. Yes, but that no, was cute. It was also cute. I liked it. it. Cute. There were a couple of things in this episode that and this happens a few times per season where I'm like this was definitely funnier if you grew up in the Philly area and I don't think that detracts from anyone else but I do think it's like you don't know what you're missing but I know what you're missing and there are some good nuggets and knowing the Franklin Institute is obviously just like a nostalgia thing that you the editorial you if you don't live in Philly will be missing out on but the Westchester joke made me chuckle. And I was like, and it could, because I went through the same thought process. Like she said, I'm from Westchester. And I was like, oh, that's just right outside. That's an hour away. And then like the beat. And then where she says New York. New York. <laughs> like I was like, well, maybe probably outside of the Philly area in the, this country, if you hear Westchester, you think New York. So I was like, that might be a joke that was like lost on people. The joke being, I literally like thought Westchester. Yes, yes. And then anyways, I'm over explaining, but I really liked it. No, me too. Such a, such a little chuckle, but a good one. Yeah. 
I love, I feel like a lot of times Melissa is the conduit for Philly natives. I feel like she says mm-hmm. all of the things True. that are like Philly pride related. I appreciate yeah, that Yeah, she's character. the only one that's sort of like, uh, supposed to be sort of like authentically Philly. Like the other ones will make reference to things that are in Philly, I mean, happening so in Philly, but yeah, I guess I'm thinking of like the Eagles stuff from the very first episode in season one, like that was like sort of through her as well. But yeah, I mean, they all reference Philly in other ways, obviously. Yeah. I think that was it for me. Overall thoughts. I thought this was a great finale episode. I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought this was a very pleasant season. It was a solid second season. Yeah. No real, like, I don't know, tear down notes. Nothing, I guess, like, I mean, I guess we're saying glowing things. I was going to say nothing like, wow, this blew me out of the water, but like very even, steady. I liked it. Excited for season three. Yeah, I liked it too. I think this show, like we've said before, has had a better start to it than a lot of other sitcoms. This felt on the same par maybe as season one, but even the fact that season one and two were good (laughs) puts it above other sitcoms. I also think, to come back to what I was saying, but I think some people are probably frustrated that Gregory and Janine didn't get together in this episode and that it ended with them sort of like deciding not to, not to be together. I, from a like story arc perspective, thinking about this show being five to seven seasons long, probably, hopefully, think that this made sense. And I'm sort of glad because I think had they jumped into a relationship right now, my thought would have been, oh, really? At the end of season two? Like, is this show only going to be three seasons? But that's just sort of like the old style of like plotting and pacing, I guess, makes me think that that would be too fast. So if if nothing else, if this makes me comforted that maybe they are also planning for a five to seven season <laughs> show. Yeah, it is following pretty closely. I mean, clearly not episode by episode, but the arc of the office in my like I I keep drawing parallels to myself I mean Creed was a very small one but specifically the Jim and Pam storyline and the Gregory and Janine storyline it sort of seems like I mean I was surprised they didn't kiss in this episode at all but it was a, a similar emotional moment to the end of season two in the office where Jim and Pam finally get there sort of Jim reveals his feelings uh and so it doesn't seem I was a little worried that Gregory was going to like leave and go to the charter school and come back and just like sort of do the exact mirror of the office season three but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen what does seem like it might happen is he might wind up going to Baltimore for the summer which is sort of like an, a mini version of that but who knows if we'll just I don't skip think that. We, uh, yeah I think that's the summer that we don't see I think season three is going to start with him being like the new school year. I was, yeah, I was gone for the summer. Like, yeah, I really don't see a world in which we see much at all of their summer plans. Just mentioning yeah. it really. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm glad about that. I was, yeah, just like a tiny bit worried that it was going to feel just like a carbon copy and then a little changed. I read an interview with Quinta that said she, when, when she was like plotting this out and writing the finale, she was thinking about, you know, do Janine and Gregory get together in this episode? Do they not? But the main thing that she kept thinking about was that the show is not about their relationship. It's about the kids and the school. And then their relationship is a part of it. And so she wanted that to be still 
true. And I thought that was interesting. I, I do think of it as it's a, it's a workplace comedy. So it's a set in the school, but would I say it's about the kids? Mm, I don't think so. So I thought it was interesting that that's how she described it. Yeah, that's hard. I think of it as about the school kind yeah. of like the fact that they're battling with the turn to charter or not, but the fact that this, the kids, it must be so hard to work with kids because there are all these rules about how like long they can work. You can tell. Sometimes I notice that camera angles where a scene that is supposed to have kids in it only is showing yeah. like the blackboard for a while. And you're just like, oh, they're not there anymore. Um, yeah, it is about the school, but not so much about the kids, I guess. It's, yeah, it's, that's an interesting take. I think if oh, there I were more... Saw... <laughs> Sorry, I saw a thing on... Um... So Melissa was on the actress who plays Melissa. What is her name? It's not coming uh, to me. Chessie. <laughs> yes. Also Chessie. I can't, so she, I can't think of it. It was on Chicks in the Office, another podcast, a rival podcast, if you will. Not really. But if so she was on an interview there and she and she's talking about I saw like a clip on Instagram reels, but she was talking about the process of finding kid actors and how some are better than others. And she likes, I think she's probably talking about it for a bit, but I only saw a clip, but it was kind of interesting. And it was funny too. She was like making fun of how some of the kids are like super overacting. And she's like, no, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so I, I think that's probably a good interview to listen to. That's cool. I will listen to that, that uh, interview. I mean, other than that, maybe we could just switch over to Ted Lasso. I have nothing really more to say about Abbott. No, I don't have any notes. So I'm good on Abbott. Yeah, we could switch to so Ted Lasso episode seven. There will be spoilers. So you could turn us off now if you haven't seen it yet. If you have seen it or you don't care about spoilers, here we go. Do you have notes or I have notes? I you yeah, you take it away. I'll I'll follow. <laughs> okay. Um my notes are a little sparse and a little weird. So the first one says defacing a first edition book, so spooky. And this, <laughs> this reminds Interesting me. Interesting choice of words. <laughs> scary. Uh, it is scary. It's the first scene. So there's more to this scene, but that is that was my takeaway. Jack and Keely um, are not bothering me as much. I wrote down, okay, Keely and Jack are cute. Their scene in the office made me laugh. And I liked it in a very sort of like traditional Ted Lasso way where it made me made my heart warm and it made me chuckle where she like announces that they're dating to the office. I liked that. And Jack is have like, Jack has more personality in this episode, which I like because for some reason they did gave her like zero lines up to this point. And I'm okay with it all. It still feels like she should be with Roy, but I don't know. Maybe that's just, I'm just biased. I guess I just like Roy. I, yeah, I have thoughts. I couldn't tell. At first I was a little relieved by this episode because I thought with the whole love bombing conversation that they were trying to plant the like, hey, Kaylee's not supposed to be with this person kind of thing. But it's not that clear that that's what's happening because there are those cute moments. And Kaylee seems to have found the balance of how to make Jack, like give Jack things and also to push back and say like, hey, stop just like showering me with gifts. But yeah, in the beginning, I was a little hopeful, like, oh, okay, this is the turning point of maybe this relationship wasn't all it's cracked up to be. There's clearly, because isn't love bombing generally associated with some other relationship problems down the line? Or am I just drawing a yeah. weird association with that? Love bombing and this the scene with 
Keely and Rebecca was also great. I was happy they were back together. And so when Rebecca mm-hmm. says like, oh, the, they came up with it or whatever, like the people who name things also made me laugh because I think of love bombing as a phrase that came about on TikTok with people talking about their narcissistic exes. And yeah, it's like narcissistic, egotistical, basically terrible Which- men. Who tracks with are you like found? a millionaire? Yeah, I I also had the same thought. I was like, oh, this is how they're gonna get rid of her, because yeah, love bombing is the precursor to. From what I've seen on TikTok, is the precursor to like abuse. So I was hoping it wasn't going that way, but but yeah, nothing good comes after the initial love bombing stage. If the internet is to be believed, I don't have personal experience. And I was like, okay, that's how that's how they're walking her out of this storyline. But then by the end of the episode, yeah, it didn't seem to be that. It seemed like they got over the hump. Yeah, yeah. So it was so, just like a little bump in their relationship, I guess. I I don't know. I have, I have faith that they will lead us to a solid conclusion of the Keeley romance storyline. But I'm a little wary at the moment. Well, we'll see, I guess, how that turns out. I want to know if anyone else has noticed this. There are weird lighting issues in this show. Have you noticed? Like, it'll show Keely, and she'll be lit one way, and then it'll flip to Jack, and then it'll flip back to Keely, and she'll be like 10 degrees brighter. That's That's not the right measurement. The lighting is just constantly changing, even when we're on the same scene, and it doesn't look like, oh, the sun came out. It looks like something's different in, like, like the the grading of the video like the editing and I cannot figure out if I'm just going crazy but I point it out every time and Matt is like seeing it now too and it's just driving me insane that's so interesting I watched this episode on my iPad and I kept going to readjust the brightness I thought my iPad was dimming and no. then getting bright it's but I show. so I didn't but I didn't think of it as like, oh, the, but so I don't know. I cannot corroborate. <laughs> I can't say it for sure. It sounds like you I, can. Maybe. I could do it in not in great faith, but <laughs> it definitely was adjusting the brightness on my screen because I kept seeing like, yeah, I kept thinking that it was uh, dimming or something. It's so weird. weird. And like annoying. It really bothers me. And I was like, well, maybe this is just me because I like edit I'm not I'm not a videographer so I don't even know why I was like gaslighting myself but similar it's still director of photography (laughs) from just like (laughs) editing pictures maybe I don't know maybe no one else cares it's bothering me next note oh do you have more to say I just thought I was I was going on too long about that only that's I think it's okay to be picky about stuff like that because I think with a show of this magnitude like with this many fans with this much budget those are easy fixes. Those are like baseline things that should be good. Anyway, agree. Production value is important. Go for it. A funny Ted line that felt very classic Ted. Finally, <laughs> that didn't make me laugh out loud, but was funny when I thought about it later. Which I actually think that is classic Ted Lasso. Is the, the sort slow of burns. Like one-liners that you have to think about after they say it, and then you're like, oh wait, that was funny. When he says, we ain't running a chocolate factory or a Deutsche Bank. We got nothing to hide. And my brain played it back. And my brain said, chocolate factory? <laughs> and then I laughed out loud. But I was like seconds late. Wonka, it, yeah. <laughs> like that feels very Ted. I enjoyed that. It does. That little joke. I wrote that one down. I really have just random notes, don't I? 
again, want to say that Keely and Rebecca hanging out is everything I've wanted for the last six episodes. And I'm so glad that that finally happened. It's happened, I guess, in those six episodes, but like, I want more of it. So having yeah, more one on one is so nice. It was nice. You want to talk about um, humanizing Nate by showing him with his family? And the I whole Jade Nate situation, or is that don't not, want to not talk yet? about Jade and Nate at all? I didn't even write a single oh. note down. No, we can. I I didn't write any notes down actually, and I said out loud, "I hate this." I oh okay. Don't hate it just because I think it's silly. Silly is not the right word. I I see how they plotted it. You know, thinking back. And reflecting on the conversations we've had and and while watching it, I get how they got there. But I don't want a Nate redemption arc. I don't want to see people deciding they like him. He is a jerk. And you know what? Good. I hope he goes to therapy. I hope he figures his shit out. But like at this point in the show, I am not ready to watch Nate be with his family, Nate be in a relationship. Like F off, Nate. I don't I, I don't care about that character. And it's not just me being like, well, he's such a bad guy. Like, he's just, for me, he's done. Like, I, he's not interesting to me anymore. I didn't hate the scene with his family, but I also, at the same, it felt so at odds with the other, with other parts of the show. But I've gotten used to the fact that I don't think everything is lining up well. And so taking those scenes by themselves, I thought they were fine. But yeah, kind of similar. I don't know. I don't know if this is similar to the way you feel, <laughs> per se. I'm not like totally done with this character, but I do think they're doing him a little dirty. His arc doesn't really make sense. They're not giving him like a clear either redemption arc or even I, none. None of his path makes sense to me. Uh, but that being said, I mean, he and Nate. I mean, he and Nate. He and Jade were at least like. A little cute, I guess. I don't know. I mostly liked the scene with his family. I wish we had seen that in season one, maybe. Like, just a little bit more of background. But that's all i Yeah, I'll we've say. seen, I, can... I guess, like, bits and pieces with his mom and dad. I thought it was fine. Like, I don't mind. I'm, I'm not going to say, like, oh, it was annoying because it was, like, people, characters or setting we haven't seen yet. Or it was, like, filler or whatever argument people might have. Like, I don't mind that. I think they're fleshing out this world they're fleshing out these characters that's fine I just yeah I don't know I guess you're not supposed to like Nate so it sounds stupid for me to just be like nah I don't like him like let's stop showing him but but that's how I feel this is that's my it's my least quality opinion I've ever had maybe it's just my knee-jerk reaction I'm over it <laughs> I actually thought this episode made me uh, of all the episodes this season I did not feel the like why are they showing this scene it felt like he did not get, like, Nate did not get a ton of screen time. His story was small in there to continue whatever. Uh, same with Keely and Jack. I thought the main thing that I wanted to see and that I feel like I got finally more of was the team. Like, finally in this episode. Specifically, I mean, okay, come on. The guys in the restaurant helping clean up what the vandals had done, that was wonderful. Made me cry a little. I even checked to make sure that I wasn't PMSing 
Um, but no, it was just uh, really cute. <laughs> it was just really cute. It was very cute. I wrote down very cute. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that – oh, no, you know what? When I teared up was when his, Sam's dad realized the restaurant was named after him. That's what got me. Oh, that's the what, whole scene. That's what made me uh, cry. <laughs> Didn't have to check like if that was PMSing. Just a common, <laughs> common thing for me. But yeah, I loved all of that. I love – I love the Sam world building. Like, m- give me more Sam. I love Sam. I love when he plays political activist. I love when mm-hmm. I, I just love when he has his own scenes. And there, there was a great amount of Sam in this episode. And yeah, the great. team coming together and them showing more actual. I always feel fake when I say football, but then it also feels wrong to say soccer. But them showing more yeah. game play football <laughs> and, and tactics. <laughs> I was happy about. It. I think that's why I liked this episode. It did feel oh, a little long, 100% but I liked agree. it. Yeah, yeah, it was, I it was felt more Ted Lasso, like all in all. Yeah, totally. The finally, like, okay, enough Sam, like you said, enough Jamie. Both of those characters have been consistently just so good. Uh, Jamie is the best entire, character. Jamie is the best character of the season. And if you had told me that in season one, Crazy. I would have been like, all right. <laughs> like, there but are a lot to also, pick from. That's so amazing that they wrote that so like they wrote that the way they did such that you feel you don't feel like it came out of nowhere you don't feel like it's fake like I it's one of the only characters that I do feel that way about so much like I just truly believe him and the moment where he second guesses Ted for making him play as himself instead of swapping him with someone basically acknowledging like he shouldn't be put on some pedestal above the rest of the team and like you see that in his face he doesn't say anything. You just see it. Wow. Perfect. Gut punch. Chef yeah, kiss. Love yes. him. I love him so much. And that acting. Ugh, please. And I mean, when he finally had the confidence, I mean, he's always had confidence, but when he finally had the confidence in himself to voice like, hey, I know I've been, I've been Mr. Like play whatever, play with the team, play whatever the coaches say, but I do think we're doing this wrong. Like, here's my idea. And then when it happened on the pitch, it made me giddy when everything played and they, and happy. the announcers, it was just like a good scene of the underdogs coming up, being above dogs. That's anyway, mm, an above dog. It was good. The classic you above the dog phrase. story. <laughs> we love an above dog. The favorite, the favorite kind of sports tale. <laughs> we love over dogs. Uh, yes. Yeah. I so loved anyway. all that. I was very happy to see more football. I'm rolling my eyes at myself. Uh, I also felt like there were no, or at least not any that I noticed, like overly corny jokes in a non-Ted Lasso way. Like there have been, I think, in the last few episodes, like the corny, quote unquote, corny jokes were more like authentically Ted Lasso, which like it's always been a little corny and that's fine. I think there's been a difference and we've talked about that. But like when the Isaac and Danny like impersonating each other after they swap and just like talking as each other for that like quick moment. I was like, okay, like corny but funny and not in a yes. bad way. And I enjoyed that bit as well. Yeah, I agree. I think Roy starting to take on some Ted Lasso and beardisms during a couple of those scenes and then hating himself for it uh, was also like a great, it's, it, that feels like the Roy arc that I was waiting for. Like him, him starting to become a little bit more like, um, like Ted and uh, Coach Beard. The a thing that I don't, that I still don't love about Roy is that they're still forcing this like weird violence on him. I get that he was an angry guy, but the desire to tie 
the players dicks together like and cause them like he's excited when they're in pain that's just so weird can they remove that from his character please yeah that is strange all of like that and also the i mean we've talked about it before but the previous episodes where he just like describes in in detail how he would well there was just that one scene with the bully bully. yeah i think that was it so far but yeah i guess both feel somehow it feels compounded I don't, I don't there's know. something about his character that doesn't feel like we were just talking about how Jamie feels really real, like as a character and his arc feels mm-hmm. really natural. There's something about Roy's that I don't feel that way about, even in the moments where he was like, oh, like I sound like Ted or whatever, you know, where he's like sort of like grumpy that he's becoming more Ted like. Uh, I wouldn't say that's working for me in the same way as like Jamie's story arc. It's not bad i'm not disliking it but feels a little more forced to me than jamie's development i think only because they haven't paced it well and because there have been those like weird other bursts of of character development that haven't felt really (laughs) roy to me but yeah i agree it's definitely not as done as well as as jamie i wish yeah i wish he'd had the sort of a different arc to where he is where he seems to be now I don't really know. Still love him, but Jamie is number one in my heart. Jamie's great. Music is still good. That was another note of mine. Still like also, the music. Also, had to be ex- insanely expensive to get oh my the God, songs they yes. got in that episode. Like, what was the music budget for that? Whew. Apple TV, man. They can do it. They yeah. can do it all. Deep pockets. Except fix the lighting, apparently. Yep. So, <laughs> Okay, I wasn't going to say it earlier because I was going on and on about it, but I noticed it in Shrinking, too. And didn't talk about it at the time, but when we watched Shrinking, I noticed the same exact problem. So I was like, is it an Apple TV thing? But I don't know that I've noticed it in Schmigadoon or Drops of God, both of which I've watched in the last like two days. So something's up with the Bill Lawrence, Brett Goldstein shows specifically when it comes to the light. Maybe it's some weird Easter egg. (laughs) Maybe they're like trying to tell us something. Something strange. I would like someone, someone to write it and tell me I'm not alone. (laughs) <laughs> if you've noticed it please tell me i'll look closer on the next episode all in all this is my favorite episode so far hmm. yeah i felt much fewer negative emotions toward this episode than all of the past in this season yes i wrote in my notes this star- is starting to feel more like ted lasso and if i take it as a whole and think about yeah my feelings and yeah you're right I, it was good. I I think it made me hopeful for the end of the season in a way that I wasn't going into the episode. Like I literally was like, oh, I guess we have to watch it because that's sort of how I felt the last mm-hmm. few weeks. But no, by the end of the episode, I was like, wow, nice. What a lovely experience. Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling like I laughed and also felt warm and fuzzy, which is what I want you know what? from Just- the show. <laughs> What just made me mad, though, is remembering that Zava was around a couple episodes ago and that that is just nowhere now. No, no. <laughs> like, I'm a little furious. Anyway. It's fine. We don't need with to that, rehash. <laughs> yeah, we can, uh, we'll talk about it some other time. Maybe uh, maybe our final thoughts on the full season once that comes out. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 